Hello. Hello. Welcome to episode four of the Tropical Dawn podcast. We're Kay and Dimi, still on our little Morgan 31 sailboat called Tropical Dawn, and still in Walvis Bay. And that's what we'll talk about this episode, Walvis Bay. So we've been in Walvis Bay the longest, well... Apart uh, from Cape Town. <laughs> yeah, I suppose we haven't actually been we've sailing for that long, like doing our, our travelling that long. Um, but we've been in, in Walvis Bay for over a month now, so we're pretty um, acquainted with Settled the in. town. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's uh, it's a it's definitely like a harbour town. Definitely has a bit of a harbour industrial vibe. For people in Cape Town, it's like um, for me, it feels a bit like being harboured in the middle of like Pardon Island. Yeah. Is that fair? Well, yeah. Except for people who aren't from Cape Town, that says That's nothing. True. I know. Although maybe people who are well, you know, some of our friends and family, well, friends, are from Cape Town, and maybe people who are sailing uh, the same route as we do will have been in, in Cape Town. So Pardon Island is like uh like I wouldn't say big industrial, but it's like mm-hmm. where all the marine almost all the marine type shops are, all the very specialized like shops are in Pardon Island. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. So Volvus Bay is like centered that's like the main activity uh in the town is everything that's happening around the harbour. Yeah. And then I think um um, was cause, because this is our second take of this podcast, <laughs> I'm able to reflect a bit and pull a bit from the one that we did before. Um, Jimmy had mentioned in the previous um, reco- recording, <laughs> the previous take, that um, it's a very uh, interesting layout because, you know, like normally where there's a beach town or a town on the coast, the coast would be like the main highlight and it'll be followed maybe by a residential and restaurants, and then somewhere in the back would be your industrial areas, like far out where nobody goes. But here it's not, not at all like this. Here it's the harbour, the industrial area, and the town behind that, and suburbs in, intermingled in between, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so the whole, most of the coastline is taken up by the harbour. Yeah. So actually. Apart from this part where we are, which is on one side of the harbour, which is where there's a lagoon, which is like kind of looking into a lagoon, not even like the... I mean, you can't really see the ocean from anywhere because it's a bay, but anyway, you can't even see the bay properly. Then you got the harbour, and then the first day we we got uh, we rented a car, which we'll talk about in a bit, we wanted to go to the beach, and you have to drive all the way past the harbour till out of... Till you're basically out of the town, mm-hmm. till you can reach the, an actual beach. Yeah, because it's just the the harbor just blocks off the whole access to the beach, except for the little waterfront is, which is where uh, the yacht club is and where we're moored now. Yeah. So should we start at the beginning, arriving in yeah. Belvis Bay? So we in episode two, I think we talked about our passage, which is which we explained why we ended up, uh, which explains why we ended up in Namibia, which was not our. First plan. Well, our first plan was if we were, when we were planning to sail across the Atlantic, we thought about coming to Namibia because it just made sense to sail along the coast and then to Saint Helena. Then we changed our mind and we thought we'd just sail straight to Saint Helena to just have like one big passage to Saint Helena and a second from Saint Helena to Brazil. Then, as uh, yeah, 
check out episode two where we explain very much like in great detail what happened. The short of it is our backstay broke, so we had to uh, do a detour to Walfus Bay, uh, which was um, with support of um, Holger, our friend and um, backup skipper <laughs> on land, in a way, and uh, MRCC and um, Garmin uh, Rescue services or what do you call it no they they really anyway so they they, they helped us uh well to make sure we got here when so we arrived um basically at at night we were trying to get uh, arrive here around daybreak so we were going very slowly because we just didn't want to it's never a good idea to arrive in a new place at night but we uh as slow as we could go like the slowest stop engine could go we ended up arriving here just before daybreak um, we got a nice welcome from um, Port, Port Control, Control. Yeah. lady at Port Control actually called us before we even called mm. uh, Port Control because uh, they saw us on the AIS, um, which is, yeah, which signals where ships are, it's, it's a pretty cool system, but anyway. But it wasn't only that, MRCC had called yeah, them ahead of time. exactly, but yeah. so they, they knew we were coming, then when they saw us on the AIS, they actually called us on VHF, mm. as soon as we were in VHF range, it's like, is this tropical dawn? Uh, basically, we could hear they were expecting us, mm. uh, and then we called in again when we were closer by, uh, they helped to direct us to Anchorage, because we actually asked to go to an Anchorage, there was a little bit of confusion with control because they're like why uh, aren't you going to the yacht club and we're like ah oh, we didn't know there's a yacht club but we, we also didn't know where the yacht club was exactly and, and so. i think we weren't ready to we were tired with, with the yacht club <laughs> yeah. so we actually ended up going to anchorage 4 which is yeah one of the anchorages uh to make a comparison with cape town and this is like the big ships there like the big tankers or the big container ships there uh, drop anchor in Table Bay before going into the harbor. It's a bit like that here. You got four different anchorages. So the anchorage four is relatively closest to shore, but it's still really far. Really far. Yeah. Way too far to go in a little dinghy. Yeah, and at the time we didn't have a an outboard motor, so. Yeah, yeah. Would, <laughs> and even with the outboard engine now, I realized we couldn't have motored here. But yeah. before that, yeah, we. We looked up, so luckily we have the sailing directory, I still don't know what it's called. Mm. It's uh, the three-volume uh, South African maritime directories, which basically are like your your um, um, pilot guides yeah. For, yeah. for the whole coast of South Africa, including Namibia. So it has an entry on the whole coast here, including Walvis Bay. So we knew what were the things to look out for, which were... Uh, around uh, Pelican Point, which kind of is like what's what's Pelican Point is a long, long sandy point that like basically blocks off um, the bay of Walvis Bay from the ocean, which creates like this this very big um, bay. But it's sandy, so it, it shifts over time. So you have to go very wide around it. And also, what the uh, pilot guide said that it, there are. Uh, mud islands that sometimes pop up, which, mm. uh, as I read about it, so before, like, 
we had a bit of time before arriving here in Malvis Bay where I looked up what to expect and it says there are mud islands that prop up sometimes in a few days from as I understand correct if I understand correctly there's some Volcanic. gas yeah there's yeah. gas bubbling up which pushes sand up to create mud islands that sometimes reach the surface so all of a sudden not in the middle of like where the bay is deep but in the in the areas where it's like 10 to 30 meters deep like apparently islands can pop up very and small islands and overnight as, and it's also like uh, occasionally this uh, really the smell of sulfuric sulfur mm. of sulfur yeah so um, it smells very much like sulfur here yeah it's from exactly the same thing yeah, yeah. it's i think it also makes the the um water very rich because there's a lot mm. of um flamingos which are very pink which i've mm. i remember seeing uh I don't know, a nature uh, documentary which said that the pelicans, uh, not the pelicans, the flamingos become pink because of sulfur, sulfur in the water. Oh, okay. So I think, anyway, it's it's a beautiful place, like lots of pelicans, lots of flamingos, which are for me two of the most amazing birds yeah. there are. Um, but yeah, so we as we were coming in, we were going as wide, like I thought wide enough around Pelican Point, so quite close to the shipping channel which you, as a small like sailing boat you have to stay out of that so but I thought I was pretty close to that but all of a sudden the depth from like being at like 20 or 30 meters depth went to like 10 meters and then just like well, it kept going down until it looked like we were gonna run aground and then I had to make a hard left to just go around and I think I was especially afraid of it because of these mud islands I don't know could have been that the that meter was just spazzing out, but I don't know. It was definitely a bit scary. But yeah, we, we arrived here, we dropped anchor, we stayed for, like, I think we arrived just before daybreak. We had a nap, which we hadn't had a proper nap in since we left Luderitz. Uh, and then I think around noon, we were like, okay, well, we want to go find out how to get to town, because this is not really a place to, to stay. So then we start, we like looked up again in the sailing directories and on the online charts we had, and we kind of figured out where the marina slash yacht club slash anchorage for yachts was. So we, we motored in this direction, um, and then we saw some boats on mooring balls, and we saw, or at, anch at anchor and on, on mooring balls, and then we saw the little... Uh, what looks like a little jetty, but it looked very industrial and like not very welcoming. So we thought, well, let's just motor to what looks like a jetty or yacht club. So we just motored straight through, like in between the, the moored, moored boats and the mooring balls. Um, and I think at this point, Kay was at the front, yeah. standing on the bow. I was standing at the bow. As is good practice, <laughs> as we figured out, <laughs> <laughs> to see if uh, anything, if anything becomes suddenly visible uh, in the water, like sand. Yeah, because by this time we're in like seven and a half meters depth, but yeah. it's going down to like five to three meters, which gets yeah. quite shallow. And then all of a sudden, I shouted to me, I was like, "Dimmy, sand!" And then he very quickly put the boat into reverse. Um, but you said you did feel like a little bit of a Yeah, I definitely felt that we hit, so we hit the sandbank. Yeah. yeah. Which is like, if you come to Walvis Bay, there's like, in the bay where, where, in the, well, not the big bay, like, the bay 
So if you come into the bay, you got the big harbor, and to the right of that is like the lagoon, and in between the um, harbor and the lagoon is where all the yachts are mm -hmm. either anchored or moored on mooring balls or swing moorings jetty, yeah. or on the jetty. And the yacht club and the um, um, waterfront uh, are all here. And then a little bit further to the right is the lagoon, which is very shallow. But in the middle of that, that bay where all the boats are uh, moored, there's a sandbank. Which is actually on most, I think on all the charts, I was just not looking at the charts, mm -hmm. so I should have known there was a sandbag. Luckily we didn't hit it too hard and I uh, managed to reverse before we got properly grounded, but yeah. Since then we've seen on, on spring low tide actually part of it like actually becomes land, it's very shallow. It's actually probably more shallow even than it says on the yeah, charts, because it doesn't show as, as um, I mean it shows as like being at low tide, I think, what is it, 0 0.9 meters or yeah. something. But yeah, that was that was our entrance. It's the first time we've grounded the boat or hit the bottom, yeah. of, like which so wasn't luckily wasn't too bad. So Anna's been checked off a list of things. Yeah, to eat. <laughs> <laughs> I, not to say that that doesn't mean it can't happen again, but it wasn't wasn't too bad. And then yeah. we re reversed a bit. Well, I just want to speak a bit yeah, about that because funny enough, um, this week we had um, full full moon or new moon rather. And the tide was extremely low, uh, at low tide, even um, so much that we had flamingos, um, like right next to our boat, like within 20 meters of our boat, mm. like standing on, sh on, the, on, on the sand, <laughs> so, which is pretty, like, much, pre pretty much a mind <laughs> bomb, you know? Like, yeah. It's yeah. actually, the, so the yacht club where we basically go every day, because every day we leave there is like, see you tomorrow, because I know we go there every day. Like one of the ladies there at the yacht club is like, is that land? It's <laughs> like, so she's, yeah. she works here every day, and even for her it was like, wow, she wasn't expecting that. But we knew that it was pretty shallow. We yeah. knew where we are anchored now, it was pretty close to the uh, sandbank. It's also it's interesting when... Because we swam to the sandbank now, and you can see it when when you're snorkeling towards it. It goes from being three meter deep, like in a couple of meters, it goes to like less than a meter deep. So it's like it's very mm -hmm. sudden. Um, but yeah, it, it is. I think it's pretty well charted. Maybe the chart isn't completely correct, like up to the. Well, anyway, you know, you can see where where it is. Um, but yeah, so we we went a little bit back. Uh, some guys who were working on one of the catamarans that do the day tours here. So if you come to Walvis Bay, people who, who come to Walvis Bay, that's like number one. If you look on on, on any like things to do in Walvis Bay, take a little tour on of the bay on one of the catamarans. So the guys who were, were mooring one of those or cleaning it or working on it, he told, pointed us to one of the mooring balls, mm -hmm. which is one of the Walvis Bay Yacht Club mooring balls where we moored and then uh, we took our new dinghy the one Andy gave to us which we talked about in the previous episode in Ludritz uh, and we rode to shore rode to shore yeah which is technically we're not well you can obviously row to shore go to shore but normally when you go to shore you're supposed to go Check in through customs and immigration. Anything, but now it's it's yeah. Sunday afternoon, so like we like Sunday. Well, first of all, it's like 
Sunday nothing's open, so we didn't think there it was were, open. There, was, there were a number of factors. Yeah. The first was that we were really, really tired and like desperate to get off the boat. The second was that it was Sunday, um, which meant that, like it, as Demi was saying, all the shops were probably closed. And there's definitely the third, uh, official things like uh, customs and immigration. Yeah. The third was that we had no cash on us. Um, and we had no internet access at that point, uh, like on our phones. So we couldn't use Google Maps or anything else to navigate to a customs office. Um, and we, we couldn't, uh, I suppose we could have used the Wi-Fi at the restaurant, but I don't even think we thought about taking our no. phones at that point. Um, so we didn't know where the place was, um, and we didn't have any money to get there or to, it's like pay. Yeah. I don't even know if we didn't have to pay for our visas, did we? No, but we didn't yeah. know how to get there. We didn't know yeah. where it was. We didn't have money Which for public transportation. No, and also we had no idea where it was. That was the main thing. Yeah. We we're telling that because it become re relevant, becomes relevant yeah. in a little bit. But yeah, we we ended up going to the little um, restaurant restaurant here. here on the waterfront. Uh, there's a few, but the, like the biggest and the most uh, busy of those is Anchors, which is quite nice. And it was Sunday afternoon when they always have a DJ out playing, so. We had some nice seafood, and then um, someone who was there, uh, who introduced himself as Gary, actually talked to us. He's like, oh, did you guys just arrive by yachts? And we're like, okay, I guess it's pretty clear that we're yachties, which I felt, felt pretty good about. It's like, oh yeah, people can recognize us as yachties, or other yachties I, recognize us as yachties. I did ask him, how did you know that we... Are on yachties and he said i could tell by your appearance <laughs> so and i was like wearing like my like worst possible clothes like my comfy clothes because we just arrived after being on the boat in really rough conditions for yeah, four or five days i hadn't like had a shower in like like five days or whatever it was and like we hardly ate while we were under sail and I hardly slept so I knew that we looked pretty awful so I was like okay maybe this is what yachties are supposed to look like but I'm also proud to mm. to be able to say that I look like a, a yachty uh, especially since my like whole like idea of what a yachty actually is has changed so much since before I started sailing yeah which is a whole different thing like a whole different conversation yeah, but we'll, we'll get uh, into that at some yeah. point well maybe we can do a whole episode about what the ideas of yachting and yacht clubs and and cruising is versus what the reality of it is. Well, maybe we should talk about it now because I think we've got so much to talk about about yeah. Walden Bay. It's going to be a very long episode otherwise. This is a very special like lifestyle to be living. I mean, it it is definitely a privileged lifestyle, mm -hmm. but it's also like you know when they speak about people or sa sailors being like humble people, people of the earth, mm. it's it's like, you do become that, mm. um, and so much more, like you learn so much more about yourself, and you learn to do so much stuff that you never would have, like, learned to do otherwise, and like, that's the part that I really appreciate the most. Yeah. And there's definitely yeah. uh, recognizing of other people who are doing it, so yeah. we've been only doing it for well, two months. We've only sailed from Cape Town to here. But we've been sailing for about two yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. still, we've met a lot of people who've sailed much further. Mm. We've been doing it for years, and it definitely feels like there's like a rapport where yeah. people feel like you're on the same level, and people yeah. talk to you, they give you tips, and but no one 
I haven't ever felt like even people who have been doing it for much longer or doing it in much bigger boats, much mm. fancier, much more expensive boat, that there's ever been any difference in you talk to each other as if you're on the same level and yeah. you 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 it's the same as like I, I rode a motorbike and once I started to ride a motorbike you understand that other people who ride motorbikes you 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 feel a connection mm. just it sounds superficial or but it's like it's a real thing but I feel like this this connection is like based on like uh like the hot like acknowledgement that what yeah. you're doing is hard yeah but that the reward is big yeah. and 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 that's um it's like a sh an understanding that with that with with that comes the freedom that we're looking for yeah uh which is so beautiful yeah, yeah. but yeah definitely shout out to the people we've met yeah especially here uh the couple on mice uma on the big yes, catamaran yeah. and then um the french couple on what was the boat i don't know the boat name but it's uh, stefan and michelle yeah and jacqueline yeah, Jacqueline um, was crew. Yeah, she's crew. Just came on board yeah. here. Anyway, those are the people who we chatted to the most, and obviously Gary, who we were just now yeah, talking about. Gary on Grace, yeah. Who straight from when we arrived here, he explained where the yacht club was, yeah. how you get into town. He even got a, a shower on the first day, and then well, he just explained in the nick of time. He explained, it was like, <laughs> yeah. oh no, the, the yacht club closes at four, and it was like, around half past three yeah. as we were talking it's like yeah you better go quickly if you still want to have a shower yeah. explained us exactly how to get to the yacht club who walked past there so that we looked as if we knew what we were doing that <laughs> we didn't have to ask where the showers were because yeah. we weren't uh signed in or yeah. checked in yet uh told us gave us like uh contacts for people who could repair our boom where we could get an artboard engine uh yeah very helpful and Gary like uh, yeah gave us so much so much advice so we definitely uh, yeah much respect to him it was quite funny because I remember because he'd done so much for us like you know and I wanted to do something for him so I tried to invite him over for dinner <laughs> <laughs> and he was like no <laughs> I don't want to remember exactly what he was no, saying but, but it basically equated to like no no thanks <laughs> Which is also just yeah interesting. <laughs> so yeah, um, so we arrived. Oh yeah, so the so next we're up on Sunday, yeah. Sunday morning here. Then we moved to Mooring Ball Sunday noon. Yeah, so the next day Monday we decided okay it's time to go to customs. So we we also by that time find out where the yacht club is and that there's actually they have their own uh, jetty for dinghies for your rowing or mm. motor dinghy too because we just more than the first the only one we saw which yeah. actually wasn't open to the public um we got a ride to um well so we first went to the yacht club where we met antoinette antoinette who was actually yeah. very helpful in clearing us a lady um at the yacht club yeah. and she's like helps everyone she like if she can she'll drive you to customs herself but yeah. she couldn't because there were too many boats coming in so actually um someone else friends of her, her other yachties actually drove in her car drove us in her, her car to customs and immigration mm. yeah and we arrived um at one o'clock i think and uh, one, uh, one at noon sorry <laughs> Not at one in the morning uh, obviously <laughs> so um Sorry, I need to I need to go to the bathroom. Sorry, we have to pause. Okay, okay.
Let's continue. Um, yeah, you have to just explain to what? listeners the eye roll I just got. What? Did I give you an eye roll? Kind of. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> one of the no, not the reason we're re-recording this episode. Uh, the main reason was we were listening okay. to it again, and we found that it was quite negative. We were talking a lot, a lot about racism and like kind of negative things. Uh, about our time here in Namibia, which, when we listen back to it, it doesn't reflect at all our general feeling about mm, Namibia. Yeah. Uh, one thing I noticed as I was really listening to the episode is that I tend to interrupt Kay. So she said, like, no, she'll let me know. And then when I just, when you just said about just now what one, I oh know, I thought, I thought you were giving me an eye roll when I said 1 a.m. Please, I did give you an eye roll then. But there was a very different eye roll. <laughs> What's quite funny is on the previous recording at one point I did say to Demi, um, you, keep, you, you keep interrupting me, I'm losing my train of thought. And like when we were re-listening to it, it wasn't a time when you actually did interrupt me. <laughs> I did interrupt her a lot on that <laughs> episode that and in time. general, but not there. So she just lost her train of thought and that bled me, which is certainly fine. That's what married life is about. <laughs> <laughs> and now she's giving me that eye roll. <laughs> so, we arrived. 1 a.m. Yes. 1 p.m. 1 p.m. Okay, I always get a.m. and p.m. We went to Cousin's office and it's like the doors open or it was, it was, uh, it was closed. Sorry, but we, sorry, we I opened need, it. I need, to, I need to correct you. Customs and immigration. We first went yes. to customs, okay. which was no problem at all. Yeah. Then we went to immigration, which is where this happened. Yes. Sorry, just so, for thank you. clarity. So, <laughs> at uh, immigration... Um, the door was closed, but we pulled it, we thought maybe like air conditioning or something. So we pulled it open and we went inside and there was like no one inside there, but there were chairs. So we thought, let's just like rest our bones. So we, we sat down in the chair for a while and we thought like maybe they're on lunch. Yep. Um, cause in Namibia, a lot of the places closed between one and two for lunch which we we didn't really know but i think the guy who gave us a ride did tell us like they're probably closed yes. for lunch yeah he, he did mention it because they're closed from one to two so we just sat there we were chatting and then someone um uh we hear somebody walking up the aisle and on the opposite side of 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 the building um and then he, he walks up to us and he eventually says uh we're closed for lunch. So I said, oh, okay, cool. Is it okay if we just sit here? And he said, no. <laughs> so we we were like, okay, no problem. So we... We'll be back at two. Yeah, so we left. And we went for a little walk around town. Um, and then we came back, got back about five past two. And I started speed walking because I could see that uh, a, a combi full of people was just arriving at the same office and I was aware that they're probably going to be a long queue. So I wanted to beat them. So we sp speed walked into into the immigration office and we, when we got to the, oh, sorry, when we got into the office, there were already like five people ahead of us. I was like, oh man, you know. Um, but anyway. We were standing in the queue, and the next thing, the same person who had told us that it was lunchtime and that we can't sit inside, he calls us in, to the front ahead of all the people that were in the queue already. So I was like, oh, okay, this is interesting. I think like, he asked, did you arrive by yacht? Yes. Oh, I can't we, remember. Which is again like, oh, well, I guess people recognize that we're yachties. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we go to the front of the queue, and I'm feeling a bit bad because I've jumped the queue in front of all these people. Well, we've been told to. But, but yeah. at the same time, I'm happy to do it. <laughs> Um, 
and then he like says again like did you arrive by yacht so we were like yes I when think I had told um, Demi that I would do all the talking or something to that effect. I, I can't remember if it was then or... I think or was, we agreed on that or yeah, I can't remember. I thought maybe like woman subtouch or something. But the guy, he, he then like said, well, when did you arrive? And we were like, we arrived yesterday. And he's like, but why didn't you come to customs? And then I, I was like, I started rambling off like these reasons. Because we were tired, because like we didn't have any money, we didn't have any internet, so we didn't know how to get you, we didn't know where to go. Um, so and also like we'd been through this big like debacle with the full stay, the back stay bro breaking. And then he like hears this, and then he just says again, "But why did you not come yesterday?" So then I, I repeat the same thing, and then there's a lady behind me, and like, she can t tell that there's like some tension brewing, and she like whispers like. And it was Sunday. So then I like add that into the mm. list of excuses, you know, I repeat the whole thing. And then I'm like, and it was Sunday, like thinking maybe he'll like soften because of that. And then he like asked me to repeat, he asked me the same question again. Why did you, but why did you not come yesterday? And then I was like, look, I don't really know. I've, I think I've already given you all the reasons. I'm not really sure what more you want me to say. And then he said something along the lines of like, no, I'm making his life difficult. Um, to which I responded, like, I'm really sorry. Like, I'm not trying to make your life difficult. I'm just trying to get cleared into the country. Hmm. And um, then he was like, but it was prearranged for you to come come in or something to that effect. And I was, like, so confused. I was like, uh, like, do you mean MRCC, like, called ahead to try and clear us in? And then he was like, uh, sit down or something. Go sit down. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to phone them. And he starts phoning on speaker. It seems like he phoned port control, right? I think so. Just that's correct me if I'm getting anything wrong. No, no, wrong. but that's, yeah. that's what it sounded like, yeah, port control. So every, it's on speaker. Everyone can hear. Everyone could have could hear already when he was giving like reprimanding <laughs> us about not coming in on Sunday. Now he's phoning in on loudspeaker. I'm like very curious about where this is going. And the person on the other side of the phone is like, he seemed to be confused as well. And then the, they said something like, "No, no, those people haven't arrived yet." <laughs> so there was obviously a mis like a misunderstanding about who we were and something was prearranged for other people um, and he thought we were those people. And so he like, he still like, even though he knows that we're not those people, it felt like he reprimanded the guy a little bit and the guy was like, I'm really sorry. And then this immigration officer just disappeared. Like he moved from the front desk and went down the aisle and like went to the back to... where he came from when he was having lunch. <laughs> yeah. He just disappeared. Probably into his <laughs> office, which we assume. Yeah. So like we just sat there for like 20 minutes and we were like talking about like what is going on. We yeah, like, also uh... then the lady who was like kind of like helping oh, yeah, us, yeah. she actually got then reprimanded. Rep actually yeah. he, before he went to the back, he actually helped her and then he was giving her a hard time and it looked like she, she then she knew him and she's just like yeah so like yeah anyway <laughs> so it wasn't just us i think but like we like not cucking off a bit because we're like what are we not gonna be allowed to be here and we're like but no. so i'm i'm told i'm telling Kay like look we need to repair our yard like they cannot send us i mean even if immigration would do that then we flag that with maritime like with either the harbor master or and like they cannot send us out to sea with a broken yacht like it's it's, it's, it's yeah. not safe so they have to give us 
so I wasn't too worried about that, but it's just like I could see it's like, yeah, for me it's like a pencil pusher. Like kind of, uh, anyway, it's why I I usually dread going through immigration, both at airports or anywhere, because I, I'm always afraid of this. I mean, it doesn't happen often, but yeah. Yeah, we had been really good experience. We had kind of like been told that it can be tricky sometimes, but anyway, after about twenty minutes of sitting there and like like talking to each other and trying to keep calm, <laughs> that uh, a lady uh, came up to us and asked if we were. A, from a yacht or if we were the yacht that arrived on Sunday and we said yes and then she just was like okay can you please come and get into this queue which was a queue of the people yeah. who came in the minivan which was like a, I think people who came on one of the commercial ships were like like they had someone to clear uh, anyway then we ended up going right behind them and then yeah they just no problem came. we got our, we got our visa extended. one month yeah. no we just then oh, yeah. we cleared in again and we got a yeah. one month so that was very uh, rude awakening into arriving in Baldur's Bay. I hope to be able to tell it again because this is now the second time you've yeah. been able. Uh, hopefully, it like yeah comes across. <laughs> I know, but also for you to like oh, get it out like of your therapy, system, right? yeah, because you it, you were very upset no, about it. I was it. really upset. I just yeah, I I think it was also quite loaded because of like it felt like. After all we'd been like through. Like we've been through quite a lot already and like for this guy to give us crap, but he obviously had no idea at all. So he was probably just having a bad day or something like that. Um, I think we, we talked about it both to Gary and to Antoinette. Yeah. Antoinette said, no, the rule is if you arrive on in the weekend, you clear in on Monday, you stay on your boat. Uh, I think it was maybe Gary who said like, yeah, no, if you do clear in on Sunday, they get paid overtime. So probably he was upset because he was expecting... Or maybe he was even at the office or expecting to go to the office, get paid overtime, and then it didn't happen. So I, I don't know. That's maybe some... We don't know what happened. Yeah. That's just thoughts I had afterwards. Yeah, we were trying to make sense of it. But anyway, um, we figured out that probably was a miscommunication about who we were. Um, yeah, and so we, we got our visa to be in Volvis Bay. And then... Yeah. So we, we asked for one month because we said, well, while we're here, yeah. we won't probably do a road trip. And we thought one month would be enough, our mistake, because, well, we, it's it's more than a month now and we're still here. I mean, we had to extend our visa and then the person in immigration said, actually, yeah, now you have to pay extra to extend your visa, where we could have just asked for a 90-day visa, which, which is lesson learned. If, we, yeah. if you come into a country, just ask for the maximum time you can have. Yeah, and also, like... For the extension that we eventually got um, on our visa, we had to have leave a motivation our, letter. Yeah, do a motivation letter, leave our passports there, come back like an hour later. Pay 750 yeah. rand per person. So there person. was like a whole rigmarole yeah. attached with it. It's better Where to just your visa the is just, uh, The visa we got was just for free. So we, And yeah. now we ended up having in total three months, which we could have gotten for free anyway without any extras. But yeah. But there was also like, I remember there was a bit of weird vibes about the length of, like we'd asked now, yeah. asked for an additional two months on top of the one month we had. Additional. Uh, yeah, and the they beginning. were like a bit funny about that. Maybe just yeah. because we had already been illiterate. I don't know. Anyway, let's continue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, well, while we were here, we wanted to get our back stake uh, fixed. We decided, uh, as we were now rowing from our boat to the yacht club every day and we just realized this is probably going to be everywhere we go because we plan to stay at anchor most times that 
even with better ores and a better dinghy, it's still not a lot of fun to row back and forth, especially if there's wind and stuff. So we wanted to get an outboard engine. Um, what else? Yeah, some some general repairs on the boat and just getting things fixed. Uh, so we got help from the outboard engine. Rob from Suzuki mm. uh, sorted us out, which had actually had to order it from South Africa, South Africa yeah. which luckily they clear for us which made things a lot easier um, Gert from um, those marine services he fixed our boom which as he explained that you couldn't just weld the piece back on which what we would which would have been what we would have asked in Luderitz which wouldn't have been a solution anyway mm. so he fixed it properly we as we took the boom off okay actually saw the gooseneck goose which yeah. is the connection between the boom and the mast uh, was cracked and cracked. got worn down. Yeah. So uh, he had also fixed that for well, us. He actually uh, made a whole a new, new gooseneck for us. Yeah. So that was really cool. Yeah. So it's actually good. Uh, someone here, I think it was um, Stefan, who explained to us, or oh, was yeah. it uh, that we could actually check the connections of the rigging ourselves? So we did that. Oh yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, so we actually <laughs> yeah. learned a lot about things yeah. we could do ourselves. The sails, some of the sails are, we, well, in our boat passages from Cape Town to Ludwitz and Ludwitz to here, Walvis mm. Bay, we mainly used our, our um, working jib, so, and that one was getting uh, some wear and tear, so we had some a lady here who does sail repairs. There's no sail shop here, so you can't get... Like, there's no proper sail um, loft, I think you normally call it. But she she could fix it for us. She couldn't do the main sail because the, the fabric is too thick and she doesn't have the right uh, sewing machine yet. So in the future she would be able to do that. Uh, but when we learned how to fix things ourselves with the special Patches. sail sticky tape, as I yeah, call it. Yeah. Uh, so we did a lot, quite a lot of things ourselves. We feel like starting to feel more like actual yachties that we know what we're mm -hmm. doing. Um, yeah, we first were on the mooring ball, then at some point, because it's, it's quite close to like the open side towards the bay, uh, here in the, as we explained, where, where all the yachts are moored, which means that if the uh, wind is coming from the north, it's not open to the ocean, but it does build quite a lot of chop, because wind, wind swell or wind chop or, well, waves. But also because of the... Uh, sandbanks, right? Mm, probably, yeah. but also because it's parallel with the s with the shore, so there's quite a lot of space for it to build up. Mm. Not as much as this was facing the ocean. Yeah. But, so then we went to the um, uh, jetty, which we explained as we were coming in. Mm. By that time, we saw that people do more there. It's a bit. Uh, it's like, yeah, it it doesn't look very nice, and there's like no water or electricity. But at least you're in a the mooring you still have to walk like 15 minutes or something to get to anchors or the yacht club yeah. uh, but we thought it was nice but then after a few weeks of that we realized we're spending a lot of money on this and we actually could just as well be on anchor instead of yeah. on a mooring a swing it, mooring it did serve a purpose in that we could uh, repair our sail on the jetty itself because yeah. it's quite wide um, also when we got the yeah. outboard engine it was easy to get it to the boat and yeah. put it on the dinghy yeah. Same for the um, um, boom. We yeah. took the boom off while we were on the swing mooring and we towed it with our small old thingy behind our 
new thingy which we were rowing because we didn't have a motor yet so we <laughs> figured it out we were pretty <laughs> proud of ourselves but um being on the on the mooring like just on a walk-on mooring was a lot easier for all those things but then we realized we don't actually need to be on that anymore so now we're actually at, at anchor and the holding ground is pretty good here mm. um it's quite shallow and all the like the the mooring balls and everything are quite close to each other but until now it's it's been mm. fine um and yeah we just um motor once or twice a day you know a little dinghy with our brand new uh six horsepower four stroke engine which is such a difference from our old two horsepower two stroke yeah. which never started this one starts usually very very easily and quickly so it's worth, worth spending money on that it's, it's already cheap. been worth um yeah and yeah like a lot of small like small-ish shops where you get like most general like marine ropes and like general like stainless steel hardware i, I wrote um a blog post about which shops have what with links to them which is on also we made since we're here we made a blog specifically for the boat which is sv tropical dawn all in one word dot blog and that's our sailing blog so there's one post on there about walvis bay um where i've put in links to all the places where we got all the things yeah, yeah. um so the other reason we were here was to hmm? oh no sorry to a road trip I want to talk yeah. about road trip. No, well, sorry, we what did you want to, to talk do that, about? But since we were, yeah, I was going to just say like uh, that the food is really nice. Yeah, like, and the people are very nice. Yeah, um, they are, hey. Yeah. Yeah. Also, we've been mainly, we've been game going mainly when we go to shore because where we are, where here it's like kind of tucked behind the harbor. So the only places really close by are the Yacht Club and then the uh, waterfront, which has anchors and a few smaller, more divey bars yeah. i would say yeah um but yeah so we've mainly been going to the art club we went to anchors a few times but then we realized that the food at the art club is actually just as nice or actually almost nicer and it's a lot less expensive yeah also the other thing which we've learned since is uh since we're members of the royal cape yacht club in cape town we have actually Precipice, yeah, I never find that word. Uh, so the Walvis Bay and, and um, Royal Cape are reciprocal clubs, so we actually didn't need to pay um, our temporary membership fees here. We only have to pay here at the Yacht Club for swing mooring and when we're on the mooring. But now we're temporary members for free, which is yeah. also pretty cool. Yep. Um. Um, Food is nice. Hmm. Nah, don't know. Road trip? Yeah. So we 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 um we well Gary kind of suggested that we do a road trip while we're here because it is such a beautiful country and he's like very passionate about the desert itself. Um, I don't know. We didn't mention no. it in this one. Oh, Gary, Gary's a desert walking tour desert guide and also just a normal tour, a general tour guide for. Guide of tours. <laughs> yeah. yeah but, but, so say. most people who travel through Namibia, uh, either they start in, in in South Africa or in Namibia, and you rent a car, and usually either the, you have someone driving the car or at least otherwise someone who kind of guides you 
and like sets the itinerary and yeah helps you figure out things so he does that but he also does walking tours through the Namib desert how many times did you walk through the Namib desert? like multiple multiple times yeah, yeah. so from from east to west so from the coast inland which is like a couple of days just walking through like proper desert like the Namib desert is like Sahara it's like sand dunes <laughs> sorry our, our dog Coco is having a moment where she's like coughing and pulling faces yeah I don't know what she's Oh my God. <laughs> I'm also gagging too. <laughs> um, so he suggested that we go on a little road trip and even gave us like a little well, we itinerary said, of yeah, where we, we should said go. Which places we wanted to go. So yeah. first we were thinking of Sosus Flare, which is yeah. close by and it's the one of the big sand dunes. I think it's one of the biggest sand dunes in the world. Uh, I think someone else. Yeah, somebody referred to it as the the big mama and the big papa. The dunes. <laughs> the yeah. dunes. Yeah. So, which is quite sweet. Um, so, what we ended up actually doing was going from Bovis Bay. We hired a little normal VW Polo and we drove to Swakopmund. We camped overnight there in the, in the town itself, which is quite nice. Which is also in the same bay as Walvis Bay, so it's yeah. just along the coast, like half an hour drive. What I loved about it is that, I mean, it's, it's very simple, but <laughs> or very, is that when I went for a swim in the water. Oh, yes. I like I started I noticed that the 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 sand was like a gravelly um like like uh, stones um and I started picking them up and I saw that they were like semi precious stones yeah. in the water and I was like wow this is amazing I could just pick up like my own rose quartz just from this water and I was like having such a ball um also it's nice that the the little, the little beach bay, is like protected yeah. so you don't get the ocean swell coming or the in wind, yeah. or the wind it's like yeah it's um, a it's an old old town like it's yeah. a lot of old buildings from early like German days. So yeah, Namibia used was first uh, a German um, colony colonized by Germans. Mm. Then it went uh, was part of South Africa, fell under apartheid South Africa, and then in nineteen eighty nine they had the first free election. I think. Yeah. Anyway, just Somewhere for some context, there. but there's, yeah. so there's a, in Ludwitz there's a lot of old uh, German buildings. It's also why it's the name Ludwitz, also very German. Uh, Swakopmund also has some nice old buildings, which look some of them look very German. There's a beautiful lighthouse there, and a really nice bookshop. Yeah, and some yeah. other really nice yeah. shops, like really like much much nicer, I would say, than Walvis Bay, where yeah, you get all the boating related shops and then the rest is just supermarkets there's not that many nice shops except for the one learning nation which we discovered today here oh, yeah. in Wolves Bay which nice. is a, has a lot of uh, board games which we're quite excited about yeah. but yeah Swakopmund really lovely town just been one night there and then we continued our journey on towards Madisa which is in Damaraland yes. um, and we hit a gravel road eh <laughs> <laughs> that gravel road was supposed to it was google maps promised us it would take three and a half hours and like seven i think seven and a half hours later we arrived uh in medisa in Damaraland, and that was due to the road they're doing road, yeah. road repairs well there. which is what gary told us yeah. like that's why he said you take a four by four or a bucky which is for people who are not from south africa is a pickup truck or a, yeah but so something with big wheels and lots of ground clearance you don't really need a 4x4 unless you go into the sand dunes but yeah you need something which kind of goes over the bumps in the like the 
Yeah. Which we knew we didn't have, but we ended up going like 20 to 30 kilometers per hour instead of like 60, which was a speed limit, which was what Google Maps thought we would be doing. Yeah. And but it was so worth it though. Eh? Yeah, it totally was. In the end. <laughs> after but also the, the, after lands the, road. <laughs> the landscape was also really beautiful. Oh, yeah, was... We saw so many different landscapes between Swakopmund and actually the Mara lands. Like some more dead. So first you've got the sand dunes here around Walvis Bay and up to Swakopmund. Mm. Then you got more like sp like deserty but more rocky, like sparse, mm. which reminds a bit of a, of like uh, the Karoo in South Africa. Mm. Then we went into the mountains, which mm. like the, the grasslands, yeah, like small grass, things. like short grass. Yeah. yeah. Then the grass gradually got longer. Then and we walked, got past, like, went past the river, sh like running through the mountains. I mean, it was really beautiful to see different parts. Cause, the lands yeah. yeah, the landscape really does change, just like, like rapidly as you're mm -hmm. driving along the road. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's it's really really beautiful. And Medisa itself is still like one of the places yeah. that I hold very dear. Um, beautiful little campsite in between. Yeah. They say it's it's on two sides of the river mm. as we arrived there they said like no it's on the other side of the river we were like what there's a river <laughs> i was like is there a bridge there i mean we didn't ask but like in our heads like do we have to like drive our car through a river or is there like you wait through the river or is there a bridge because it didn't look like a kind of place that would have a bridge yeah so we go through there and it's just a you can see it's, it's a, a riverbed but yeah. it's it's very dry there's some some uh, uprooted trees that have drifted there like previous years which are very mm. dry but that yeah very special place but it only gets um the river only fills with after really big rainfall and it's mm. rain season now so it, there was a little bit of rain sometimes at night but like by far not enough to to fill the river, to fill the river. but yeah the uh, the rock rock crops or how do you explain it yeah, it's really like, amazing it's the campsites built around these big rock boulders um and there's like tons of tree trees there, and uh, what are the trees called again? The uh, mapani. Mapani. Yeah. yeah. Um, you can look it up. Mapani mm. worm, mapani trees. It's yeah. also like a used use medicinally the leaves of the trees. Yeah, the the Mara people, which we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll talk, talk a little about bit in, now. in a minute. But I just want to have a little side story about. Um, just you just mentioned when we spoke about Gary and giving us all these directions, I thought about um, the biscuit story. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. So one thing we previous episode about Luderitz, we talked about Andy. Yeah. So we mentioned to Gary that we'd been to Luderitz and we mentioned Andy. We asked him if he knows Andy. And then he's like, "Oh yes, I know Andy." <laughs> and then we don't want want to go into the no. all the details of how they know each other because like they were close and then. Yeah, there's a bit of a falling out, but like we don't want to like go into that. But it's quite interesting that they know each other very well. But what was interesting is also is when we had Andy on the boat, um, my mom had given us a box of those uh, mixed biscuits. You know, the assorted biscuits, assorted, all the, like yeah. Yeah, it's a pack and has mixed, all the different types of biscuits, pack. which was like a real treat for us. So when Andy came over, um, he asked for some coffee and I obviously was going to give him some biscuits. So I put a, a bit of a few biscuits out in the bowl and he like gobbled them up really quickly and I could tell that he really, really likes biscuits. So when we met uh, Gary and we asked him if he knew Andy, then a, a story about Andy really, really liking biscuits came up as well. 
<laughs> and he had polished off his ginger biscuits or something to that effect. And like I yeah. thought, okay, like there's definitely a thing about biscuits on boats because yeah. we just listened to Joshua's, the audio audio yeah. books of uh, Joshua Slocum yeah. uh, sailing around the world alone. Yes, really, really beautiful for any yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely one of the the sailing books. Love it. Um, but he also talks about biscuits a lot. Yeah, like biscuits are the currency of the sea, basically. Yeah, and like <laughs> yeah. when there's people on board, like the thing you can give for them is biscuits. But like, yeah, also if your biscuits are good, or like, are they really hard? Or like, yeah. it's like what kind of biscuits you have? It's like such a silly thing. So it was funny to hear that, like, to recognize that even today, like biscuits are still like. <laughs> at least for some sailors, still a, a big thing. Yeah. We actually ended up giving Andy a box yeah. of biscuits as a thank you for yeah. uh, him giving us uh, um, the dinghy, the yeah. rowing dinghy that he didn't use, which yeah, which saved us. Yeah. So anyway, Medisa, really beautiful. They also have, if you don't like just traditional camping, they also have like a luxury tented. Yeah, pre set up camps at the end. Um, so they've got lots of options. They have a swimming pool, which is a real A treat. little circular pool. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful bar. Yeah. Made out of like old Volkswagen yes. bus, like some old cars, like the, the old, like which we actually saw a lot around there, mm. like these old 1940s cars, like parts of it, like just the bonnet or In the just, gardens, yeah. Yeah. But they had a few of those, like it was beautifully made, like how they set up. The, the campsite, like quite a small campsite. Mm. I think the site we were on, the, the actual camping was yeah. night sites, which are very big. We got the little, like the the donkey geezer, where you uh, use firewood to heat up the water to take a hot shower. Yeah. Just lift it off the floor, which brings us to Coco. Um, yeah. <laughs> so so we, we, the, yeah. the first time we arrived, as you said, it took us like a really long time to get there so we arrived just like before sunset managed to get our tent up and by the time we got around to going to the toilet and showering uh, it was dark um now the toilets in the shower are elevated so you have to go up about 10 steps to get to them it's about two three and probably three meters high yeah. so it's quite high um and we just assumed that coco would stay on the ground because it's she's a very small dog with very short legs um <laughs> and i just thought like she would make the connection of this not being a good idea but i saw her climbing up the steps when demi and i were um on the platform and i was like she's being so brave like super independent girl look at her go like really proud mom um and then demi was on the toilet. On the toilet. And so I called her like, but, Coco, but I'm first, here. But first, Coco, I was like outside, so I could see what was going on. Coco went round to the shower side and saw he wasn't there. Then she came round and he called her and he, she wanted to go to look for him. But instead of going towards the light, <laughs> she went towards... Just went straight. She went straight off the platform and fell with a big plonk onto the ground. And... We thought we broke, we broke the dog. Yeah, I, I, that night I, I could hear her like wince and I was like, Oh my god, she's gonna have internal bleeding. She's got like she's yeah. not gonna make it. I to thought the she morning. was brain damaged for a few days. Which we realized she's always. <laughs> <laughs> she's fine. <laughs> so we couldn't she's... take it. Like she did, wasn't sure. Like I did all the inspections, bending arm bits, and like yeah. and like feeling her looking and for. And she did, she didn't. There were no. There was no evidence of any no, we actual problem. No, yeah, but um, also we were in the middle of nowhere. Like yeah. it would have taken us probably. Even if there was a vet nearby, it would have taken us half a day to get there. Um, which 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, otherwise, probably if it was closer by, we would have taken her to the vet just yeah. to get her checked out. But it was just not an option. So but we yeah, just monitored her over the night. Both of us kept on waking up to listen if she was still breathing. And then putting an arm on to see if she was if she was okay. Um, and then the next day, we just like took a chill and watched over her, basically. Um, and she seemed to be okay. Um but when we, anyway, just to skip ahead, when we got back to Bulbous Bay, uh, after a few days, I was like, please, let's just take her, or before we got back to Bulbous Bay, I was like, let's just take her to the bed, just to, to, for a checkup in case mm. there's something wrong that we don't know about. And, like, the vet checked her out and everything was fine until she got to her tail. She just, like, wasn't even inspecting the tail, she just, like, wanted to touch it, like, as she was stroking, mm. you know, from head to, to tail. And then Coco, like, moved, and then she found that there was, like, a bit of a bulge on her tail. On her tail. So she had some, like, swelling there. But that went down after two days of of um, anti-inflammation liquid, which the doctor had actually said. She gave me these these syringes. <laughs> yeah. <It's> also funny. <laughs> so like three syringes, one for for three days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And she's like, just like she's like, uh, um, just you have to take take the lid off and then squeeze it into the, into Coco's mouth. She's like, I know it's like some people always say like it's like it's all over the place, but she said, you know, sometimes the most common knowledge is not common at all. <laughs> so I was like, okay, yeah, I like have a good, bit of a giggle with her. And uh, the first time I'm trying to give Coco this medicine, I don't know what happened, but it felt, it seemed like it bounced off her tongue into my eye. <laughs> into my eye. <laughs> Do you remember? So I was like, okay, this woman kind of like. She'd set the tone for what was going to happen, but anyway, Coco's fine. Um, so, back to Medisa. Yeah, so then we did a yeah. little, like, uh, half day, like, little road trip from Medisa to, which is in the Maraland, to the Maraland Living Museum, which yeah. was recommended by, um, what was the lady at the reception? Alicia. Alicia, Alicia also very, yeah. is very helpful. Uh, we went to the Living Museum, which is really, really amazing. Yeah. Um, so it's... The Mara land, the, the Mara people don't live in huts like traditional, the traditional lifestyle anymore. But this the living museum, they've recreated what they used to live like uh, hundreds of years ago. And it's actually the actual the Mara people, the language is still used, but it's also to, on the one hand, show how they used to live in connection with nature, but also for them to preserve this heritage. By being able to share it, but also by living it, yeah. uh, and it was really, really beautiful. Like mm. it's like it explained so much about how they lived, how they made fire, which uh, herbs, mm. like which plants, like for instance the mapani, um, mapani tree, yeah. which is actually where the mapani worms live on, which mm. is a really delic delicacy, delicacy, mm. which we haven't still tried. Not because we're not brave enough, but because we haven't had the chance. Maybe a bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and how, how they make bows, how they make fire, how they... Um, the, the beautiful craft work that they yeah, do. Yeah. yeah, the ladies there all working together, like different generations, yeah. like all... And it's funny because they were just sitting there and talking and like even when... Like it wasn't like they did it because we were there. Because mm. when we walked further to like the rest of the tour, you could hear them have laugh and have fun and it's mm. like, yeah, it's... Really, it's really beautiful to see, and yeah, really honest way to to get to know the the culture. I was really felt really inspired, and it's really yeah, really beautiful. We 
sorry, I'm just jumping ahead a bit. Yeah. Um, we met another um, Damara young man. Ah, yes. Um, on our, when we left Damara land on our way towards Etosha and then... Quintook. Quintook. Yeah. So we, we, he was, he was waiting for a lift alongside the road, so we, we picked him up. And um, he, I asked him what his name was, and he said his name was Ludacris. Ludacris, right? Was it? I can't yeah. remember. He said his name was Ludacris. <laughs> so he's, he was on his way back. It was a Sunday. He'd been staying with his grandmother, and he was now going to go back to school the next day. In the big town. So I was chatting to him a little bit, and I, I, I asked him, if he's like got a girlfriend and he's like oh, yeah. he's got like he's got a girl i think he said he had a girl that he likes and i was like well what kind of girls do you like um do you like uh, damara girls he's like no 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 <laughs> the damara girls talk too much shit, basically. <laughs> yeah and basically he'd also said the same about his grandmother that she doesn't stop talking she drives him crazy like he can't even live with her anymore she just doesn't stop talking and then and what do you say about the you know he likes a himba woman yeah so on our way to the Maraland, yeah. we actually went past uh, oh, yeah. a few, like on the side of the road, a few Himba Villages, settlements. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the Himba people do, as far as we know, still live a traditional mm -hmm. life. They wear the traditional clothes, mm -hmm. beautiful like muds in the, the, the clay, clay yeah. in the hair, and like, yeah, really, yeah, really also really interesting. But we didn't mm. really interact with uh, any no. Himba people, which definitely. What, what different. Are they, are yeah, yeah, the yeah. ones we did meet yeah. some Himba uh, ladies here in at the waterfront. We talked a little bit with them. Actually, I saw they a few times they did like the special uh, ritual at the at the water on the yes, seawater. Yeah, that was also yeah. The anyway, thing, so yeah. the Himba and the Damara are just two of the many different groups of people and also mm. have their own language or culture uh, which was yeah mm. definitely when we come back to Namibia we want to do a longer and bigger road trip and, and meet like go through all the different areas mm. and and get to experience all of um, all of what is in Namibia mm. but yeah that was very funny uh, <laughs> so uh, we dropped them off at Kurikas I think it was Kurikas, which is the big town and as we got close it's like Oh, it's beautiful, and it's just—it's a small town, but obviously there, it's like it's, it's the big town. And then we drive past the university. It's like, oh, it's so beautiful because it's a new university where he wants to go next yeah. year. And he loved it. it just you could tell he loved it so much. The city, of course, it's just like, okay, this is a pretty like. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's not a very exciting city, but uh, yeah, no, it was, it was it was quite beautiful to see how how excited he got about just being back in the city. Which is, yeah, yeah anyway, it's, it's beautiful. Also, on the way there, we stopped at the um, Petrified Forest. Yes, yeah. not we, the official one. Yeah, so there's a few community-run yeah. ones, which we didn't even know there was more than one. But, yeah, it was very, uh, yeah. Wasn't I think the best part of it was actually the Volvicha plants. Cause Volvicha, yeah. Because here you see Volvicha on buildings and there's whatever. There's Volvicha University, there's Volvicha Medical yeah. Center, Volvicha Street. And so I, it, I yeah, didn't even know what a Volvicha yeah. was. But we knew, I think yeah. we, we knew it, or, well, you knew it was a, a flower or a well, I meant it at some point, but yeah. yeah, prior to that I didn't know. So they had both the Volvichas growing there, which seemed to be very rare, and the petrified forest of the petrified trees. Mm. And the Volvichas actually, people, I mean, I looked it up afterwards, they describe it as a... a 
almost a petrified plant because the middle of it is like stone, oh, like yeah. the heart of it. And when you see it up mm. close, it's sto- it's gro- grows as a, it grows out of stone, but the center of it is like really hard, mm. like uh, yeah. And really I think it's special. a uh, national flower. Eh? Uh, yeah, it could be. Sure, yeah. Anyway, a very special plant. It was nice to see so many of them. I uh, got to see the petrified trees. Mm. Then we went on to towards Etosha, which is I think for most people, a lot of people, one of the highlights of Namibia. We didn't go into the Etosha National Park because dogs aren't allowed, and we didn't want to leave Coco behind. Or, well, we also didn't have a plan. So next time we come, we will do that. But Etosha. Around there, a lot of really big lodges, beautiful lodges. We ended up at Lorisfontein. No, what was it called? Sofienhof. Sofienhof. What did I think of? I anyway, Sofienhof. Beautiful um, game farm. It feels like a little bit of an oasis in the desert because what they've done is around the chalets and around the campsite, everything is green. There's trees. It's like and very luscious. There, yeah. But then within the same, like, piece of land and not far from like the pool for example you've got the natural bush and the natural like mm. trees and the sand and and there the wildlife comes to the drinking yeah. hole and you can you can observe them from there so it, yeah also a very special place we yeah. also camped there yeah um, i forgot the name of the the animals that walked uh, through there yeah the lady and i remember i think her name was Eleanor, yeah. she 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 mentioned the name, but I'd never heard it before, so I didn't stick. But the, um, in the evening, the they they walked past like yeah. right next to where we're camping. They're totally not shy. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful big, big sort of buck with like horns. beautiful yeah. horns. Yeah, that uh, scared you in the night. Yeah, I, I needed to go to the bathroom in the night, and we went that close to the actual bathroom facilities like 20 meters 20 meters but i mean if you're walking in the dark and you hear an animal grunt (laughs) an animal you can't even see like it's scary so anyway i I was on my way there i heard the sound was like and i was like oh and then then i heard i heard the galloping like (laughs) and i was just like "Uh uh-uh and i like bolted back hid behind our car and I just put my pants and weed on the grass. <laughs> I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to venture out there with <laughs> these animals, these wild animals. Um, but obviously it was like completely safe, I think. But yeah, we only um, spent one night there, but yeah. it, was, it was really It was beautiful. really nice. It was like a really good place to just stop and rest. Um, and then we... What's the town next to Etosha? We drove through. I uh, went to o- Okahanja. I think so. So we went to Kodikas and then Okahanja. Yeah. Um, do you want to say no, something about it? No, we there, yeah. and then from there we drove more towards Windhoek. So we didn't yeah. really go even close to the national park, no. but just on the roads there we saw so many animals. animals yeah. So many anthills. I mean, yeah, land uh, of a thousand anthills is what yeah. I've called it. So yeah. Maybe there's a place that's actually called that. Yeah, but somewhere. It's like, <laughs> there's like so many, and then also yeah. Like, yeah, big ones. Baboons. We saw. We saw lots of springback. We saw the uh, onyx. Yeah. Yeah. Just the, the right national next to the animal. Yeah. Um, another back. Um, and we saw a giant lizard. Yeah, very very big. It looked like a komodo dragon, but I don't know what. A little bit smaller than a komodo dragon, but like big, yeah. really big. We didn't even know the, the, those are around here in no. Africa, let alone in Namibia. And then the next place we went to was just outside of Windhoek called. Um, um, it was Archers something, but Archers Lands and uh, oh. uh, Monte Cristo Monte Cristo. Game Park. 
Yeah, that that was really special as well. Like second to Medusa for me. Um, it's basically at this big farm, game farm. There's apparently like forty to fifty giraffes. Yeah. So the the guy who runs the um, campsite, which is even smaller, it's like three three spots. Yeah. Which is next to where the archers land, where you can shoot bow and arrow. You have to rent and book it in advance. So the the guy. Uh, managing that is actually the son of the owners or the previous owners uh, and they yeah they have 40 or 50 giraffes but the game the the property is so big that you hadn't seen them for months because there's like not roads everywhere and yeah they were just yeah I hadn't seen them but they're, they're around and he also keeps the very special cows mm. for the meat yeah so he's got a few cow herders and he built a big kraal, a bigger kraal because yeah. the other kraal wasn't big enough anymore. Well, just, well, I think the main most special thing about this particular campsite was that it was right along the river and the yeah. river was flowing. It was flowing yeah. quite <laughs> strongly yeah. when we arrived. Yeah. Uh, actually the part of where the um, archers land is like he just uh, planted some grass and part of it that slid away with the mudslide because so much rain had fallen. And then as we were there, it's obviously not when the rain falls there. Also, the first night we arrived, or day we arrived, the afternoon, we had the afternoon rainstorms, which we hadn't had, like, proper, like, thunderstorms and, like, proper mm. rain, beautiful sunset, like, mm. beautiful light. And then the next day, as we came back, we did a little outing to, to Windhoek itself. Um, the river had, like grown like a few mm. meters high and it like raging so fast it was actually quite scary but also really beautiful mm. like quite a special special place then we went to Windhoek which was in itself interesting because the the pace of Windhoek is mm. compared to the rest of Namibia is like really Have hyper yeah. like so Have like really like <laughs> yeah, yeah like yeah just people like it's it's a bit like almost like between um, Johannesburg and the rest of South Africa, but even more extreme. Like, mm. it's really like people in, in winter just all seem to be like going for something. Like, you know, it was like, even when we were walking the street, we felt like, like we weren't, I don't know, like just <laughs> everyone was like, but so uh, wouldn't be our favorite place to go, but I would think it was good to experience it to just to see that, like, the difference. And it is like the capital city. It's like also the own, I mean, of all the places we've been to, the only place that to me feels like a city. Yeah. Also in Vintuk we stopped at a well we were we were coerced coerced into going into a barbershop. And when we went into the barbershop We weren't coerced. I I, <laughs> I felt like I needed a, a no, trim wait, of my What mustache. I mean is that the guys were all outside and yeah. I was trying to call people. Yeah in. and then at first I said no. Yes. So it's not like they coerced us but then I was like actually I need a trim of my mustache and usually I do it myself but then when we were in Luderitz I had it on there and it was a really nice experience. So I was like, okay, maybe I should just do it. get it done again. So when we went inside, it was like a big open room and there were like barbers on the right hand side, but then everywhere else it was like women and they were doing like hair, they were doing nails, like manis, pedis, yeah. uh, washing hair, like they had wash basins. So like more than half of the place, I would say, it was like these women who had their own little desk, which was basically their own little business. This is how it runs. So, um, someone, one of the ladies offered to cut my hair, I said no thanks, they offered to blow dry my hair, I said no thanks, and then they offered to wash my hair, and I was like, oh. <laughs> so, I had my 
hair washed. I went over the lady to the wash basin. And she wanted to, uh, like, blow dry my hair as well. I was like, no, like, I like my hair. My hair's curly, and I just wanted to dry on its own. And um, before we got to the wash basin, I had asked her about the price. And so she said 120 So I was like, okay, cool. Had my hair washed for 120 rand. It's totally fine. Um, and then I sat, sat down in the wash basin, and she proceeded to wash my hair. <laughs> and... Um, she washed my hair three times, and it was quite a painful experience. Uh, I think maybe it's like maybe working with different hair, it's, mm. it's just like different or something. Um, but I, I was just trying to be like not to like mess with her, her body, like with whatever she, like offering she was giving me. I was gonna <laughs> like suck it up and um, like just make the most of it. And uh, at some point, she said no that. My hair was very dirty. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think that's why she had to wash it three times. But I actually think she probably washed it three times because she wanted to make sure that I felt that I was getting my money's worth uh, from from the offering that she was giving. <laughs> so that was quite entertaining. <laughs> yeah, also my like beard trim was like totally different from the one I had in Ludwitz. Ludwitz was like taking a lot of care to like trim it just right. Mm. Like, like very much into the details, just like precision, did it like yeah. precision. And here, this guy was just like standing with his one hand on his like his hip, and just with his other hand like just <laughs> trimming. And then he's like, "Is it short enough?" And he's like, "Yeah, thanks." And then he proceeds to go to shorter settings, and then makes it shorter anyway. It's like, um, okay, whatever. Like, <laughs> but that was also like, okay, I'm. I felt like, okay, I'll, let's just see how they do it here. Like, I also like didn't feel like. Like saying what I well anyway mm. it was oh, it was an experience definitely, <laughs> uh, but yeah no Windhoek uh, interesting place I mm. mean yeah we didn't see much of it but it wasn't it's really, still a bit of a vibe of it yeah we got a bit of a feel for it but it wasn't really what we were looking for in terms no. of our, our trip um, no. so we didn't we just spent like half a day there and then we went back to we decided to spend we spent three days in Medicine and we spent three days uh, at What's the place called again? Monte, Monte, Monte Cristo, Monte Cristo uh, campsite because well, we, we enjoyed it so only, much. I think, didn't we? Uh, oh, two remember. nights, yeah. yeah. Um, because we enjoyed it so much. Um, and then we went back to. We decided to skip Sosa's Play um, and go straight back to, well, via Sokopmon, go back to Sosa's Play. Because Mink. we needed, we wanted to have the car for a few days to just buy, get some supplies and move some things around. Um, but the one thing that we did forget to mention that um, also in the previous recording and now um, is in Velvis Bay, like within reach if you have a car, there's oh, a yes. really beautiful drive that you can do all along the lagoon um, if you keep to the coast. Um, and then it's there's beautiful... Pa Palkis. Yeah, towards well, Palkis Beach. Uh, or like Palakis, like poles. poles yeah, I'll, I'll put a link on to it on, on the show notes. And there on the way you go past... The big salt factory and beautiful salt, salt pans. pans and like some of them are like pink in color yeah, the so day we went it was like perfect lighting yeah and also there was around high tide so the yeah. water came almost to the road yes, yeah which the road is like basically sand road gravel mm. road but it's pretty i mean it's it's, it's totally doable it's much yeah. better than anything we've done afterwards in that course so you definitely don't need a four by four and there is at the end of it there's this beautiful big beach like Which is on a beach onto the ocean, actually, because yeah. like I said, like the 
the whole bay is like protected from the ocean and there you see the big ocean waves and you look at the dunes and I know they do the 4x4 tours which on the one hand I think might go all the way to Pelican Point where there's a lighthouse which mm. is like how you come into the bay and on the other side of it there's um, this natural harbor called Sandwich Harbor. Sandwich harbor which both of those you can't get to within regular cars so that might be worthwhile getting doing one of the 4x4 tours we haven't done it but it probably is special but, but this part you can do with a regular car and it's also really really nice yeah and it's quite interesting because no one even mentioned it. of all the people we spoke to nobody mentioned yeah also we looked at top, top 10 things to do and yeah. it says do the the tour on the, the boat yeah, yeah go to the um the little waterfront here which we'd already spent yeah. every day the, the mall the mall oh ah, yeah, yeah the mall i did love the mall but like it's a mall <laughs> but it's a big new mall so it's like i guess it's a big thing yeah. uh, but no uh, and they do the sandwich harbor tour yeah which uh, probably goes past there but they don't don't say that you can actually just drive there which i guess it's just yeah so yeah I think that's I'm, definitely, it's worth, definitely it. worth yeah. going even if we didn't go all the way to sandwich yeah. the sandwich harbor bay um, yeah bay right yeah um, it was definitely worth to see the salt. The salt pans were really, really beautiful. Yeah. Um, but we didn't take any photos of that because they the signs everywhere like no no cameras, no, yeah. no photo, well, no cell phone. The salt, salt, yeah. uh, salt pans, yeah. Also, the other thing, the lagoon. Yeah. Uh, the, the one of the first days we were here, uh, we usually go like we said to the the yacht club or to uh, the the little um, waterfront waterfront but if you go a little bit further you can walk all the way past the lagoon and the first day we did that we mainly went to take coco for a walk mm. but there were like thousands and thousands of pink flamingos mm. also a lot of pelicans but we've never seen this actually since then we've never seen mm. so many of the uh, flamingos, flamingos yeah. together so if you're lucky i mean i thought it was because it was low tide but i don't know how come i think it had to do with it's you can see here like all the birds congregate in a certain place certain times mm. because all the fish are there so it really depends on the tide and where the fish are and, and probably the sulfur sulfite or whatever in the water mm. but yeah we saw so many flamingos it was really amazing mm. uh gary also told us of one he's gary stays on his boat he lives is a liveaboard here in in the you know he told said one morning he actually woke up from swell next to his boat and he went out to sea because he thought it was a boat coming too close past and there was a whale right next to his mm. boat and as he explained it must have been scraping his butt uh, belly on the sand. sand because it's so shallow here but yeah. it must have been like yeah lots of fish here so there are still whales here because walvis bay is mm. named after whale yeah. whales walvis is afrikaans for whale for dutch uh, but yeah walvis bay really special i mean yeah we enjoyed it mm. we, i mean I'd say Ludwitz is a uh, more special town, but the thing is, there's way more to. You're closer to other things. You do have do need a car. I mean, we're talking we, about now in Volvesbay. In Volvesbay yeah. to go to the to places that are nice, like, like Sossusvlei or or, yeah. or or. I mean, you can you can just rent. I mean, to Swakopmund you can take a taxi. But. Um, I guess you're closer to things. Ludwitz is very remote well, from depends. everything. Well, it depends. Like in Ludwitz, you can go to the, su the supermarket to get oh, your yeah, supplies or closer. to the it's like a, petrol a, station. It's like a five-minute walk where here it's like a half an hour walk. Yeah, it's like if, in that aspect, it's like Ludwitz is a much smaller town. Everything is a lot closer, so you don't need, need a car to explore anything there. You can just do it all on foot. Inside um, Ludwitz, yeah. Inside, within Ludwitz. But here, I mean, we've done a lot on foot now. 
but it, you have to walk some distance to get to your shops and things like that um which yeah no, we've gotten used to yeah um no but on that note we were gary explained to us that if you want to catch a taxi oh yeah from belvis bay like from the from the waterfront to town and uh, like to do your shopping that's 13 rand per person and normally within the town like within this like the center of town yeah. it's 13 per person yeah so you pay, it's a communal taxi so they'll pick up other people who are like going the same way and, and they'll you'll they'll drop you off in the way and usually in the order you get into the car unless someone else is closer by but then if you want to come to if you want to go back, back to, to the, the waterfront up, which is a bit out of town actually if you go if you want to go anywhere out of town then it's 26 rand per person so if you pay double yeah um so that's that's it's not bad it's good to know um we've gotten so used to walking everywhere yeah. Especially since we've got a trolley now. We bought a trolley here yeah. also, so we're very uh, well, tough to, to walk everywhere. I made a bit of a joke because, I don't know if I mentioned on the previous podcast, did I? I don't think so. Because it's it, like, I was laughing a lot because every time we go to the shops, we, one of us has to stay outside with the dog um, and our backpack and like sit on the floor with the dog. And it, it kind of feels like we're like homeless people. And now <laughs> we've got a trolley carrying all our belongings. And now we're walking around the streets with a trolley pulling things around with our dog. Sitting and outside <laughs> the, the the shop. Like one step further would be to put a little like empty cup, yeah. cup or something now. But yeah, it's, it's yeah. so I guess that's cruising life and and being homeless. <laughs> Some, and the way we looked when the just got off the oh, boat. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes feels quite close. But anyway, it's it's nice to experience, like, yeah, get a bit of a feel for a town. I mean, I think we're quite ready to go. Yeah. The one thing is, we, we also realized, as we were in the first parts of our passages, we used the Tiller Pilot a lot. And the Tiller Pilot we had is a ST1000 Plus, which is made for smaller boats, really, than ours. So we ordered a ST2000 Plus from Germany, because everyone said that, like, it arrives quite quickly within 10 days, which it did, but it means it took 10 days to get to customs office in Windhoek, where it's now been for two weeks and we're still waiting. Still waiting. But we, we expanded our visa, so it's not the end of the world. But yeah, we're still still waiting on that. So that's the there, thing. There is a little bit of a feeling of like, I mean, we have to catch ourselves sometimes because like, sometimes some days we don't feel motivated at all. And like, and... also a little bit bored because we've now seen this place. Um, that's how I've been feeling. Mm. A bit bored, like tired of going to the same places, eating the same food. I know I sound like totally like a spoiled brat, which I am. But it's just like you know, we signed up for this lifestyle um, to see new places and to have new experiences. And so, like I think, like this is a bit of a bummer that we've been here for so long. But we are where we're supposed to be, and it will yeah, we'll we'll move on when the time is right. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, waiting for our telepilots and then we'll yeah, hopefully some, some get ready to go. Yeah, some small repairs yeah. that we're doing in the meantime, but nothing major. I think yeah. we're pretty much ready to go. Yeah. Um, been reprovisioning, been uh, making sure about the the hole yesterday. Yeah. yeah. Went for a swim nice in the day. bay. Mm. Yeah, and then yeah, next step is up to Saint Helena, but yeah, we'll see when mm. that's. That's there. The thing is, we noticed like a lot of people arrive here, they stay for two days and then they go. Or some people stay for a week because they'll do a road trip like we did and then go. So we've seen a lot of people come and go by now and we're still here, which kind of feels like, oh, 
are we still here? But then there's a, the German boat who's, who arrived after us, but they're staying for their 90 days, they can't stay here. So they're staying for three months here because as they realize, as we've realized, we've missed the weather window to go through the Caribbean before hurricane season mm -hmm. starts. I mean, we could still do it technically from now, if we leave now, but it would be a bit of a rush and on the way we're sailing, it, would, it wouldn't be fun. So it's like, well, we're going to stay on this side of the hurricane season, uh, so hurricane belt and hurricane season anyway. So there's no rush to get to do the crossing. No, but... Would we love oh. to see South America? Yeah. Yeah. So the new plan is to um, see a little bit of Brazil, Suriname, French Guiana, hang out there, maybe see yeah. Tobago, I believe. Is, is it Tobago? Yeah. Trinidad That's, and Tobago. But they're quite okay to hang out for the hurricane season. Yeah, they're outside of the hurricane yeah. belt. And like, yeah, I think it's all sound like places we would love to spend more time. So I think the, the tempo we've been going at now, stay, staying at the same place mm. for at least a month or like, I think, I mean, not per se the same place, place, but mm. like taking a longer time to explore, it feels more like our tempo of going and not like just stop for a few days and, and leave again. Because our plan is to spend a few years at least mm. to do, to complete this, this whole trip. But yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Well, I'm sure we'll spend another episode just talking about all that. Yep. So thanks for tuning in. Yeah. Nice so check out... Yeah, sorry. No, no, Check out our blog, svtropicaldawn. <laughs> sorry, you might have to say it. Svtropicaldawn.blog. blog. Very proud of it. Uh, we've both been writing a few things on there, and we will try to update it more often. And then, yeah, from there, there's also links to all our social media. Mm -hmm. All of them are svtropicaldawn. So wherever Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Tumblr, if you just type in svtropicaldawn, you should be able to find it. Yeah, hope you enjoyed it. And yeah, if you want to get in touch, just go to our blog and there's a contact page there. Okay. Bye, till next week. <laughs>